From the Multiply family of churches, we are Behind Open Doors, a podcast designed to take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. We're located in the U.S., the Hampton Roads region of Virginia. Uh, Visit us at multiplythechurch.com. Well, you are looking live via pre-tape from the lovely confines of Ocean View Christian Academy, the home of OV Church, and uh, my name is Caleb Denny, and I am the lead pastor of Little Creek Church, and um, I'm also a former worship pastor, and we're going to have a worship conversation today with my friend, longtime friend, known him since he was a teenager, Andrew Bartley. Hello. It's, uh, it's nice to be here. I love having conversations with you, especially... Just talking worship and talking all these things. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, uh, so I met Andrew when he was a young man. Um, he's now just a less young man, but when he was a very young man as a teenager, and uh, he had a heart and a passion for the Lord, but also for worship through music. And uh, when I was the worship pastor here at, at OV, uh, we did nights of worship, and um, and Andrew was able to um, share the stage with us at one at one of those nights of worship when he was at Journey Church. Shout out to Nate Hogan, woohoo! Shout out to Grant yeah, Thomas, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we had a great time of worship, and and I I saw his heart for the Lord then, and I saw his his passion for music then, and it's so cool to see you kind of come full circle from that yeah. and be here and be the. You are now the director of creative arts at OV Church. Am I right? Yes, sir. Yes. Cool. How's that going? It has been. I've been in this role for about six weeks now. Um, it has been a blessing in in every sense. Um, it's it's something I haven't. I've done in 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 portions before, but in this in this style, it's been it's completely different. It's been challenging in in some aspects. It's been. Um, a blessing, like I said, and, and other aspects. Um, but overall, it's just, it's been incredible. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're here to, uh, to talk about, uh, worship, mostly worship through music. Um, but also talk about how worship should inform the, uh, the disciples and, and church planters and, uh, just overall, how can we, frame up the idea that worship should be embedded in our everyday life. Worship should not just be a song that you sing on Sundays that you, maybe you heard uh, on Caleb on the way to church or on the way home from church. Uh, worship should not just be something that we do on Sunday mornings, but we should be living a life of worship. And uh, so we're going to have some conversations about that today. And uh, Andrew, I want to I want to hear... Um, maybe a little bit of your background. So you went from teenager on the stage at OV to now being a regular worship leader on the stage at OV. So w- can you fill in the gap between those two? Yeah. So as a as a teenager, you know, filling in as a as a piano player, keys player um, with Journey Church, um, I, I started then. I started there, just kind of underneath uh, Pastor Grant over there at Journey. Um, uh, around 17 or so decided I wanted to to take the next step in ministry, went to uh, a Bible college with uh, a focus, graduated with a focus in worship ministry, creative arts ministry. Um, after that, got got removed from, from all worship, um, musical worship uh, stages, platforms for a while, needed to take a time to reset. 
and then spent two years from 2021 until early 2023 leading worship as a creative arts director, music worship director at a church out in Virginia Beach. Um, and then again, God needed me to step back, kind of recenter where I was, recenter who I was. And then six months ago, got a call from Pastor Jordan, uh, who was one of my professors in Bible college and just said, hey, We've, we've got this creative arts director position that is opening up and we want it filled and we want you to fill it. And I was like, all right, let's, let's, let's figure out what this could look like. Um, and honestly, I wasn't taken a hundred percent seriously at first. Um, just cause I didn't know if I wanted to step back into this. Um, after having done it for two years as a young guy, wanted to maybe get some more years of life and experience under my belt before stepping back into it. But with, with prayer and, and talking with mentors and pastors in Florida, decided it was it was time to kind of step back into this role. That's really cool. It is hard to be in ministry as a young man, is it not? Oh, it's <laughs> in so many ways that I can't even count. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, it's really it's really neat to see God's hand on your life that even though you were you were kind of taken off the stage at times you were still in his grip right yeah. and you were still yeah. uh you were still being being brought up in the faith being being renewed in his strength and um and yeah that's that's a that's a beautiful thing so um i've got to go I, i've got to go here just to kind of break the ice a little bit let's do it i want to go how far back can you remember worship music when you were like a kid like like what is your favorite like moments in in worship music? And I'll give a few of mine, but I want you to go first because mine probably go back further than you because I'm a lot older than you. That's that's fair. I think the uh, one of the first things that really caught my ear with worship music was Hillsong's "Live in Miami" album. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, and I'm not a drummer in any way, shape, or form, but the drum fills on that album are insane. The guitar tones on that to- on that album are insane. The there's a drum solo on that uh, with everything, and I think that drum solo was what kind of caught my ear first with worship music. Like, okay, this is this is actually okay music. This is actually good mm-hmm. music because I've always had a love for music, um, but have always had this uh, interesting relationship with with Christian music or, or worship music because I always just kind of attributed it to the the four chord the cowboy chord, the easy, it's easy music. Mm-hmm. And I, that album was the first time that I realized there were more textures. There were more sounds. There was more than just singing basic lyrics and basic melodies and basic chords. And so I think that live in Miami album, more chords in the truth, more <laughs> <laughs> it's a country music is three chords in the truth. Uh, maybe worship music is four chords in the truth. Uh, yes, but yeah, that Live in Miami was the the first album that I think really, really caught my ear for, nice. for worship music. Nice. Um, I have, all right, then I'm going to ask you this, favorite hymn. Do you know what hymns are? I <laughs> I just want to make sure. Yes, I know what hymns okay. are. Okay, what is your favorite hymn? That's a good question. I love How Deep the Father's Love. Okay. Um, I also have a, a deep love for Jesus Paid It All. Okay. Um. And I think mostly because those are two that I, as I said, I don't like the four chord worship music. Those are songs that I'm currently rediscovering and adding my own nice. f- flair musically into. Nice. And so being able to allow the the Holy Spirit to speak to me through these lyrics that are who knows how old, 
Um, and then be able to bring them. Some of us know how old How Deep the Father's Love is because we were alive when they were when it was am, written. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> that and then uh, I think my one of my absolute favorites though is Doxology. Okay. Just the prayer that that one is mm. as a whole um, just recenters me every time. Yeah. I hear it. Yeah. I, so that that song Doxology and if and if you're wondering what that song is, go ahead and look it up if you want. But it's Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. You get it. Um, but that. That song takes me back to my childhood um, in the the church, the the country church in Pennsylvania, and we ended essentially every prayer time going into the message with doxology. Mm. And I know that that has happened around here too. Uh, a lot of Baptist churches around here still sing that song. In fact, they get really excited when you sing that song, you know, to this day. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful again recentering, if you will. Um, so why is it that we love these old hymns? I'll tell you what, before I ask that question, I got to tell you, I have I have probably three go-to hymns that are just like I I could I could do a whole Rolodex of hymns of like that are my favorite. What's a Rolodex? Yeah. Um, joke joking, uh, joking. <laughs> contact list. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. There you go. There we go. Um uh or maybe we could just call it a hymnal. <laughs> I've got one of those in my car. I, I actually have a, a physical hymnal. All right, true story. I collect hymnals, and I love like every, anytime we go to an, another church that we're just visiting, and we're or me, maybe meeting the pastor for the first time or whatever. I ask if he has any extra hymnals that he'd be willing to give me, and I have probably fifteen to twenty hymnals at my house of some from different. Some from Baptist churches, some from Methodist churches, some from Lutheran church. I have a ton of different ones. My favorite are the ones from the 1950s. Those are my favorite hymnals that I go after. But yeah, I got a ton of them. What's special about hymnals from the 50s? Uh, they look cool. <laughs> Love the honesty on that. <laughs> they look really cool. <laughs> they look, That's awesome. They look really neat. Um, and uh, and it, it's my dad was born in the 50s, and so it's like I, I'm always interested to see things like I, I take things back to like people in my in my life of when they were born or when they died or whatever and like what era that was so right I got gotcha. a, a nerd out a little bit but um man I have I have so many hymns that I love but I have some go-to ones um I stand amazed how marvelous is uh is a beautiful hymn um, that that I really love. Um, I surrender all. That's is like mm-hmm. if you're not doing that as a response song often, you're missing out on a, a huge blessing. Um, I also I also really like um, I really like the, sol- the solid rock, which Hillsong made into Cornerstone. But yeah, you know the solid rock, the the original version is is uh, a jam for me. Um, so let me ask this. Why do we love hymns? It certainly isn't because we love the pipe organ only, you know, like because that just the pipe organ, yeah, just just, pipe organ. just the organ. So there, there's more reasons than just pipe organ and and uh, you know um, the the full ensemble, if you will, of of instrumentation. Why do we love the old hymns? Do you think as a as a Christian culture? I know the answer for myself. For the culture, I think is something I'm still. Uh, working through because I, I honestly haven't been in a lot of church cultures where hymns are are uh, a prevalent part of a Sunday morning. 
um, I know for myself, it's because there's this this honesty mm. that I don't think we achieve in a lot of songs that are written in the last, I'll say, 20 years or so. It feels like music today has gone more for can I get clicks? Can I get money? Can I, you know, whatever. And I don't want to put, you know, words in the, the mouths of these artists. It's just where it feels from my standpoint. Yeah. And I think like like Doxology is one of my favorites because it was written as this three-piece prayer. Doxology was his morning prayer. He had another one for his midday prayer. And then the guy had another one for his evening prayer. And then he had he wrote another one just in case he woke up in the middle of the night. Mm. And so knowing that that was written as a prayer and not necessarily as a song for churches to sing on a Sunday morning and knowing that a lot of these... Uh, the, these guys who wrote these hymns were using them as personal moments, mm. using them as, as prayers, using them as conversations with God is, is what brings my heart to them, is what brings my, my spirit to them. And wanting to kind of encapsulate that same, um, that, that same spirit, both personally and corporately. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think another piece of that of why we love hymns, why especially I'll call them established Christians. I don't want to call them old people because that would be rude, Robbie. Uh, we're going to call <laughs> them established Christians. Um, they, the established Christians, I, I believe they love worship music, or I'm sorry, hymns, because of the truth. Yeah. The truth that is in them. It is so rooted in the scriptures. It's so rooted in the the, the content matters so deeply in in the old hymns um, that, quite frankly, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to know that I, there could be no song ever written again about you know the majesty of our God, yeah. and we could just keep on re re writing these old hymns and keeping the words but write write different music, music yeah, yeah. and we would be just fine <laughs> as a as a uh, as a church but there's beauty in the creativity of writing new stuff I'm not saying that but I'm saying there's so much rich content in in the old hymns I know that uh you know Charles and John Wesley wrote over I, I believe it's like over a thousand hymns um ridiculous you know, amount yeah and um and you know Isaac Watt wrote a ton of hymns and so we have so much history that is just rooted in gospel truth. Yeah. That I I don't know. Like you said, I I don't. I'm not. I'm not here to attack today's worship culture, uh, worship scene, if you will. But I will say that I long for the content that is vertical. Yeah, not horizontal. That's and good. not horizontal. That's and good. and I I know that that's why I I want to really help our people if you will, care about the theology that we sing, right? Um, talked about this a few weeks ago at, at our church, and, um, you know, I, I'll give an analogy. Um, we, need to, we need to have the vertical right, because if we don't have the vertical right, in, in terms of, like, worshiping up, right? Yeah. Like, up, like, singing to our God about our God— Instead of singing about how what God can do for me, that's the horizontal, right? Yeah. Um, because if we don't have that vertical right, that vertical understanding, that that theological understanding, if you will, then we we get out of align we get out of alignment with the horizontal. And so here's here's the analogy. Um, my wife just had our our fifth baby about a, six weeks ago or so, and um, 
And during the pregnancy, she had a really tough time with, with her back. Her back was out of alignment vertically. Mm. And because of that, that lack of alignment vertically, her muscles horizontally were spasming like crazy. And she had to go to the chiropractor to get the vertical alignment correct in order for the spasms to, to stop horizontally. You that's, tracking? That's good. Yeah. That's and, good. and so I think that that's how we need to look at worship today is, listener, I'm talking to you, listen to the words that you are singing, listen to the words that you are hearing in the, in the car or on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your music. If these words are about you and your problems, you're missing a big portion of what worship is ought to be, which is talk about it. Talking vertically, yeah. singing vertically yeah. about, you know, the the goodness of our God. Talking about, you know, how how great are you, Lord? You know, those those are songs that get after that vertical relationship. And then out of that can we have the horizontal. You know what I mean? That's good. So what would you say genre style is your kind of your your go to for for worship mm, that's good because i i don't really know i've always been a just as far as music is concerned i'll listen to just about whatever mm-hmm. um i'm always down to try songs in in different styles than they were written um we we made a joke actually a couple weeks ago about doing the solid rock as a uh, as a heavy metal song with with the breakdowns and the guitars and everything, uh, like and I was so excited for it, and then I was like, we don't have the instruments on stage to actually pull this off. Um, I I think for me it's not necessarily about the musical style as much as it is the um, the way that it's written. Yeah. If if I can can take music that it maybe not be in the the like accidentals and things like that right so if we're in the key of c and i throw an e major in there which is kind of like out of the key but it still works i love things like that kind of almost make it jazzy or or bluesy or r&b or something like that as long as it's not you know too much and over the board you know over the over the line um music for me is music whether Mm. it's it's heavy metal or hip-hop or or country or bluegrass or fill in the blank um it, it's not as much about the musical style for me as like you were talking about is are the words truth yeah are the word am i worshiping the creator and not the creation come on am i am i work worshiping the creator of my emotions or am i worshiping my emotions in this moment right, right? and and going back to that that is it the song about me or is the song giving glory back to god right and so musically i personally don't really have Doesn't a preference matter. don't yeah. really care um as long as the the truth there's still truth yeah. in the the lyrics that i'm singing so i think that that's an important place that our our churches have have gotten to is that we are not beholden to one way now i will say that you know if you have to think about the holistic view of the church of like, what is the church's demographic? Who are you trying to reach? What is the culture around you? Right. And your worship music should be a reflection of the culture around you. You can't just like go be a jazz ensemble in the middle of an area that people hate jazz. Like that's just, 
that's just being a loud, noisy symbol, right? Like, oh, yeah. that's just not that. That's not meeting the culture where they are. And if if we're gonna make much of Jesus, it can't just be about who's singing on stage. It has to be about who's singing in the congregation as well. That's right? good. That's good. Um, and uh, so I I say that to say my favorite. If I have a, I had, I do have a favorite. My favorite is if I can play it on my guitar, and I am not a good guitar player, but if I can play it on my guitar by myself, then that's a song I like to do because, and I almost think campfire style, right. you know, like, because I would rather like start a note, like singing and then back off the mic and have the whole congregation sing. Yeah. And our, our congregation is smaller in number than, than OV at, at, at Little Creek, but, but man, are we loud. Our people love to sing. And so the more we can get our people to sing, those are the songs that I want to sing. That's right. Good, yeah. And that's really what I'm after. And usually our people want to sing songs that make much of Jesus. Right. Mm. And as long as they're making much mm. of Jesus, that's really what matters. And so genre doesn't matter. We've <laughs> when when I was here at OV, we had for some reason uh, we had like five or six just straight up metalheads. Just loved metal. Remember that, Robbie? We had just, I mean, it was just like every, if you went to see them like, like do something outside of the church context, it was like your, your ears were bleeding. You know, it was like, this is, wow, this is intense. But then they'd come here and they had like the smooth tones. They had like the, the ambient type of sounds. Reverb and delay all day. (laughs) The the Strymon was, was, was on fire. Right. And it was like, and it was, I think that, I think that that's why universal or that's why worship music is so universal because it doesn't matter what background you come from, whether it's a hip hop background, whether it, it is a, a gospel, you know, genre background or whether it is a, a metal background or a folk background, you can kind of, throw all that stuff into the hat and say, we can still worship God together. Yeah, and, and there's unity in that. Am I right? Yeah. Um, so let me ask you in your own life or in, maybe in your experiences, um, how has worship been a thing that <laughs> a lot of people do this? And I, I want to be careful. We got to be careful not to worship worship. That's the piece. Right. And so then how then have you, fought that battle of not worshiping worship, but making sure that worship music is the avenue by which we can worship our God. Yeah, I think for a while for me it was, and it was those moments where I wasn't on stage. Mm. It was recognizing that worship, for me, worship and worship music, worship and music have to be separate, uh, completely separate entities, right? Music is great, love music, and worship doesn't at its core at its base have anything to do with music the first time we see worship used in scripture is genesis 22 where abraham is charged by god to sacrifice his son mm. he's charged by god to sacrifice the uh the physical blessing that god had promised him right and so when when he does it he and his his servants and his son they go walk and they start they get to this mountain and Abraham and Isaac look at the servants and he says, stay here while me and the boy go worship. Mm. And he knows he's about to have to sacrifice his son. So understanding that first worship is not music, worship is obedience. Because Genesis 22, 1, God says, Abraham, and Abraham's response is, here I am. 
It's obedience. Whatever God was about to say, Abraham was on, right? He was, he was there. He was ready, right? And then it was sacrifice. It was obedience followed by sacrifice, and that brought his blessing. He didn't have a guitar. He didn't sing a song. So none of those include an E, an e flat chord. None of the oh, <laughs> E flat. Ooh. ooh. Uh, um, but yeah, it didn't have anything to do with music. So for me, it was understanding that Abraham was the first worship leader we had. And he didn't have a guitar, a piano, a drum set. Of For all we know, he didn't sing. He had obedience and he had sacrifice. And he worshiped the Lord with those things. So for me ensuring that I wasn't worshiping and am not worshiping worship music, I bring myself back to, am I obedient in what God is leading me in? Mm. Am I sacrificing where God is asking and requiring me even to sacrifice in? That's really good. That's really good. So as a, as a people, so we're, we're, we're obviously called to worship God, not worship music. Right. And so then as a people, how can we utilize worship music as that avenue by which we can worship God? Why is it so easy to use music? There's something about melodies that just gets stuck in your head, right? I go back to uh, Joshua 6 with uh, Jericho, right? It wasn't the, the, the military that went ahead. God called the worship leaders to go walk ahead, mm-hmm. right? He said, go walk around the, 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 uh, the walls, right? Walk around the city. Do it all these times. Like they, I'm sure they walked around thousands of times, right? Um, and it was just shout. Just shout. And it wasn't shout at the wall. It was shout, for, shout to the Lord. I think worship music gives us a, a, a place to worship God uh, because, because melodies are our weapon, Right, our weapon against the enemy. Right, we we know that that Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, he was the worship leader in heaven. Right, and so it's the same thing that he used as his primary job is now our weapon against him. Right, and in today's day and age and world, and and it's it's a melody. Hmm. It's not something where we have to you know create all these equations and try to solve them. It's singing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, because it's singing that truth. Mm-hmm. We we go to church and we will remember a melody from a song easier than we'll remember a point that a that a pastor made. Hey, watch out! I'm I, I knew you were going to say something. I was about to give a <laughs> disclaimer there. Come on now, give me a chance. But but melodies get stuck in our head, right? So much easier. It's why we have to be careful about the things that we listen to and the things that we're putting into our mind musically and the things we watch and listen to and read and all that type of stuff. Cause those things get so easily trapped in our head. And if we have the melodies that are singing and declaring words of, of God's wonders of God's majesty of God's glory, that almost makes it easier for us as worshipers, because it's something that is encapsulated so easily in a melody. That's so good. Yeah. So how do we, as leaders in the church, as as those, um, I guess, on the platform on a Sunday morning, how do we engage every member and attender in, in the congregation with worship music? Because I know, I know that this is the case in every church, so I'm sure it's the case here. It just seems like there's, you get a lot of, men 
specifically men, usually the, uh, I don't want to describe them too much, <laughs> but I'll just say you get a lot of uh, Joe Navy, Joe Plummer, average Joe kind of guys, if you will, um, that are probably here because their wife wants them to be. Um, hopefully most of them, or if not all of them, love Jesus. They just don't care about worship music. But how do you engage everyone in the congregation, from the child to the man who stands cross-eyed beside his family because, you know, he has to stand up during the worship time? How do you engage everyone in worship during the music portion of the service? That's an incredible question that I don't know I was completely prepared for. <laughs> oh, man. You're lucky you didn't get interviewed by me, by the way, because that would have been a question that I had in the interview. Oh, that's that's a really good question. I think part of it is, you know, if, like you said, this is a presumably a believer. Let, let's, let's, let's do both. All right. Let's do the believer who loves Jesus, is in his Bible, you know, is, is praying, is leading his home. Let's, let's talk about him, and then let's, let's shift to the unbeliever who's maybe seeking, maybe looking for something, some kind of an answer uh, that, you know, they're trying to, to solve in their own life. So let's do both of those men. All right. So let's look at the... I'm the, saying men because the, that's kind of the... It's usually the, that's yeah. usually the case. Yeah, yeah, uh, It's going to sound harsh. Um. I think part of it is is conversations and helping individuals remember that worship isn't about them. It's the same thing you're talking about. It's not it's not uh vertical. Or it's not horizontal. I'm getting backwards here. It's 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 vertical. It's it has nothing to do with and again it sounds harsh whether you want to engage or not. I don't think Abraham wanted to sacrifice his son. But it's something God was asking him to do. It goes back to that obedience and sacrifice. This piece. is why theology matters, right? In, right. in worship, well, from what you're just saying, like theology is obedience and sacrifice. And sacrifice yeah, that's what worship is. It's not sing song, right? It, that's it's, good. it's 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 okay to be uncomfortable. I th- I I've been dissecting this with myself recently about things in the natural versus things in the spiritual, and how those things in the spiritual go against what my physical thinks should be right. So sometimes raising my hands feels weird because it's a, it's a sign of sacrifice. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of obedience. And my physical doesn't want to do that. However, I know, like I said a second ago, Abraham didn't want to sacrifice his son, Come on. but he was obedient in that. So he got uncomfortable. If you want to, if you want to see God do the miraculous, if you want to see like God, God promised Abraham the blessing of, generations as numerous as the sand, right? If you want to see God do the miraculous, do the blessing, you got to get comfortable with the ridiculous first, mm. right? God, when you withhold nothing from God, he's going to bless that open hand. I fully believe that. And that that can be as small as singing a song that might make you uncomfortable. That could be as small as raising your hand or getting on your knees to praise. And it, it looks different for each person. I think there's that 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 whisper from Holy Spirit that just says, this is where I want you right now. And it's in obedience and sacrifice and in recognizing that worship doesn't have anything to do with you. Mm. Point blank period over with. I'm sorry if it was harsh. Yeah, that's good. So how about the guy 
who is in here seeking doesn't really know the songs that well, maybe, but but isn't a, isn't opposed to singing. Knows that singing is a part of the of the church culture, but maybe doesn't have the words to sing yet. How how do you engage that guy with being able to uh, to worship on a Sunday morning? I think sometimes we as worship leaders like a lot of wordy songs. It's cutting back on the wordy songs, cut, bringing it back to something that's easy to to remember, easy to sing, lyrics that are easy to sing along to, not having these big grandiose words, mm-hmm. but having sometimes it's just one of my favorite worship songs is Set a Fire. Mm-hmm. It, it's set a fire in my heart that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. And that's just about the entire song. For 11 minutes. For 11 minutes. <laughs> For 11, sometimes 12 minutes. <laughs> Some people call those seven eleven songs. <laughs> Glory to God. Chew a big bite while you're at it. Because <laughs> um, there's seven words repeated 11 times. That's, that's the seven eleven <laughs> songs. <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's good. Um, and so I think part of it is having simple, uh, embracing the simple, because the gospel itself is simple. Yeah. Embracing that simplicity in the lyrics we sing. Yeah. And also sharing the gospel through song. Because again, melodies are going to get stuck in people's heads. Right. We can use that as a, as a little bit of a tool here. Find an annoying melody, sing a gospel truth over it, call it a day. Come on. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me. Like, we all know that from when we were four. It's, it's going to be stuck in my head the rest of the day. I sing, I sing that song every night to my four and five-year-old. Every night. Good. That's, we, we sing that song and we, and we pray and we go to bed. Good. That's, yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. And, that's good. And it, it, but it's a simple melody. Yep. That's going to get stuck in their heads. Yep. And now, let's say they're having a bad day. They're having a bad moment. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tell. And th- now they're bringing those gospel truths yep. through a simple melody yep. back into their lives. This is bringing the gospel to bear on a four and five year old all the way up to the unbeliever who is seeking the Lord yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's really good. What can we do as worship leaders? Um, how can we not only engage our congregation to, to worship with us, but what, what are some things that like, yeah, we want to like impress upon upon the those who are who are in the congregation singing, or you know, we want them to sing. How do we? What can we do on the platform? You just said, you know, sing easier melodies um, or easier, maybe less wordy songs. What are some other things that we can do to make it to make worship music a little more? I'm sorry, to to let worship music make the Lord more accessible to people. I think one thing that people love is vulnerability. Yeah. Um. So if you have a have an experience with a song share your experience with that song. Like for me, it's a little bit controversial in moments, but Howie Loves. It's one of my favorite songs. Who's Howie? (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with your jokes. (laughs) You said yes to this interview. (laughs) (laughs) I never said I was a brilliant man. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, one of my favorite no, worship right. songs how, is How He how Loves. How He Loves. Uh, is a great John Mark McMillan. Um, and I have, the, the first time that I ever led worship, it fell flat so bad. It was terrible until we got to that song. And and I explained this this moment of, you know, there's a, 
slightly controversial lyric in the original song um, that when you, when it was explained, people were able to connect to it mm. in such a deeper level. And so explaining songs, um, bringing yourself into the, the fold as to how, why this song, why are we singing this song again? Right. Or, or why are we, why is this song being introduced and, and bringing who you are as the worship leader, as the, the leader of that team, or even if one of your worship team members brings you a song and says, I think we should do this song. All right, why? And, and are you comfortable sharing this story mm-hmm. with, with this congregation, with this family? That's good. So that we can have a, a, a personal connection to these moments. That was an unforeseen point. That's really good. What could he, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> so you took the other lyric. <laughs> That's why I said it. Um, let's end our time today with, um, you know, just kind of how can how can the listener deepen their walk with the Lord through worship music? Mm. I'm gonna go back to the to the point that I said a moment ago on. Uh, the believer in church who doesn't want to to participate, if you will. And again, it's moderately harsh, but it's not about us. It's it's obedience and sacrifice. I, I believe five primary things about worship. Uh, we see them in, in Genesis 22 as well as Acts 16. Genesis 22, Abraham's obedience and sacrifice brought about blessing, right? So he sat, was obedient and willing to sacrifice his son, and it brought the generations that, that God promised him, right? Then in Acts 16, we see Paul and Silas in a prison cell, praying and singing hymns. And we see the freedom that that worship brings. And then later down the, the verse, or later down the, the passage, the jailer and his family come to salvation, Yeah. right? So your obedience and sacrifice can bring freedom, can bring blessing, can bring salvation, and those are just a few things, but those are five things that I, I personally believe on on worship and not just worship music, but just obediently and sacrificially loving Jesus, mm. obediently and sacrificially worshiping Jesus. It may not be through music for, for people like you and I. It is. And that's cool. And that's great. It might be the way you make coffee for somebody. It could be any number of things that you do in your day to day life that if you are obedient and sacrificial to your with your love to Jesus that is worship mm. and that brings blessing and that brings freedom and that brings salvation that's good how how then do we 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 have kind of in a way discounted in this conversation music to say that worship isn't music but how can we bring it back to say that worship music is important. If it wasn't, we wouldn't sing three to four songs a week. Absolutely. You know, and and obviously it's, it it takes about the same amount of time as as the sermon, maybe a little bit less, but it, it wouldn't be at least the second largest portion of our the worship service, gathering yeah. in the you know if it didn't matter. So, how do we then make sure that people have this balance between worship isn't just music? And worship, music is important. Yeah, but right. music is also important. So how how do we how do we bring that balance to bear on our people? Right. Um, Paul mentions singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right. Those are things written. Those are things that have yet to be written, and those are things that God is giving you. I believe in the moment. Right. Yeah. I don't think 
worship songs are always needing to be written wrote, written down. I think sometimes they're they're this this powerful, beautiful moment. Maybe you're listening to Caleb like we talked about, and you're hearing the song you've heard a hundred times, and and maybe you hear a different lyric, mm-hmm. and, and it's allowing God to speak through through the song back to you, and then giving that back to Him. Yeah, it's a heart posture. Yeah, and and music is just a, an avenue. To it to achieve that heart posture, if you will, that's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. All right, let's finish up with resources. Okay, give us. I don't want to give a number on it, but let, give us maybe some top. Not just necessarily worship songs, but worship bands, worship artists, and and please don't do the the whole like borderline like is it worship is it not worship we could have talked about that today but we're not going to do that but give me give me a couple of worship artists that our people can can either maybe we'll have the link in the in the description of this or something of some of these worship artists so give me give me a few and i'll give a few and we'll, we'll wrap up yeah a few that i have been on recently is upper room just because i believe they achieved that song that songs hymn and spiritual songs so well um they they take songs that we've heard and make them new uh they take songs that have never been written and and put those those moments out to the out to the world and i i just think upper room does that so so well um i also have a a uh deep respect for the the musical style of elevation or not elevation sorry i was thinking of the gyro um mm. but of maverick, maverick. city yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the ways that they um, just blend so many different uh, cultures of music together into one beautiful thing. Um, That's really good. And yeah, I think those those are the two that I've been on recently. Is is Maverick and so give me room. one from your maybe early days that that you kind of go back to. Ooh, I it's Hillsong again. Came to my rescue. Okay, that that one in my life. It, nice. it gets me every single time without yeah. fail um mm. is one of those ones where it's i called and you answered mm-hmm. and i'll call again and you'll answer again and and i'm going to call and you'll answer and i'm calling and you're answering and it's just this this beautiful rule i just think it shows the relationship between us and god so beautifully that's good i'm going to tell a story i'm going to give a few of mine Early days of of ministry for me uh, were spent in <laughs> the upper room of uh, the youth room here and uh, in, in the OVCA campus, and uh, and we we really got after the Lord in those in those times. Young young people, uh, we were young still, um, and and that's really where I cut my teeth on on leading worship was on Wednesday nights with the youth and. Uh, and my 13-year-old daughter said that she still looks back at those times when she was five years old and can remember those times of worship in the upper room, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and the beauty that, that happened there, the freedom that happened there. And, um, and that, I, I still, to this day, will go back to those times as some of the sweetest times of worship. The sound was never right. Um, I was definitely not singing on pitch uh, back then, and I certainly only knew four chords. Uh, and I now know eight, but I, I knew four. <laughs> um, 
but progress, baby, progress. It was a there was a beauty and a sweetness there of of just being able to again have those truths washed over yeah. the youth, but then also over myself. Yeah, you know, um, and I really learned how to be a worshiper in that context. That's good, and. Uh, so I, I had to tell that story before you know before we we finished up, um, and and I've got maybe two or three artists. Um, uh, for me, the one that has really been impacting my soul deeply is um, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs by by Shane and Shane. Mm. Uh, their new album it was actually re- recorded at Liberty University, um, and it was just a there. It was just a beautiful display of of just like beginning to end of just worshiping the Lord. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some wonderful songs on there. And then um, Sojourn Music is another one that I've, I've had a lot of, of blessing from. That's a little more nuanced um, musically for sure, but even, but even lyrically, it's a little more depth. A lot of what they have done is taken some old hymns and, and reworked them, um, a lot of the hymns by Isaac Watts. Um, so uh, those, are, those are two for sure, and... Um, you know, and and I, I, you know, there's some older Hillsong stuff that I still like. I go back to, you know, like from from those days in the upper Live room, in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go back even further to the United We Stand album. Or, yeah, that's like one of my. That was solid. Yeah, that one. I was in college when that one came out, so that was one of my favorites. Um, and and honestly, it was it was that that was one of the songs I, I actually introduced um, Pastor Aaron to. Hillsong with that album, because mm. um, a girl in my Spanish class, Spanish four class in college, if you ever ever have to take Spanish four in college and you've done something wrong in high school, please make sure that you get good grades in high school so you don't have to take it in, in college, because that was my problem. So I'm in my Spanish four class, and this girl, she went to a, a local a local church, and she gave me that album. She said, "Here, this is back on a CD. You ever heard of those? Uh, it was a burnt CD. I, yes, I okay. know what a CD. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, she she gave me that that, and she said, "Here, this is this is songs that they play at my church. You know, check mm. it out." And I and I thought it was really neat. And uh, I had never heard worship music like that, but that was one of the things that really turned the corner for me. That I realized that church wasn't about stuffy old timey stuff it was it was there was modern stuff out yeah. there and uh and I've now found a blend between the two and that's kind of where I've landed um in my my worship journey and uh, I really appreciate the conversation man yeah. thanks for your this insights yeah thanks for uh the time that you have spent doing you know doing this of, of allowing people kind of behind the curtain or maybe behind the open door of of worship here at OV Church but also just kind of um, you bring a modern spin, if you will, a, a younger age demographic of, of people who love Jesus, want to make much of Jesus, and just have different words and thoughts and ideas than some of the older crowd does. And I think it's good to have a blend of both. That 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 in and of itself is multicultural, right? Right. That's good. So appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thank thanks, you. Thanks. This is Caleb Danini with Andrew Bartley. And uh, thanks, Robbie, for holding it down. Thanks for helping us with the bod pod. <laughs> I really wanted to say <laughs> the bod pod. <laughs> You've been listening to the Behind Open Doors podcast, where we take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. Let the word dwell richly in you and may God multiply your efforts for the kingdom.